This is the Academic Survival Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Chandra McDonald. Statistics show that approximately 40% of students drop out of college every year. In fact, nearly 30% drop out their first year. Well, I am on a mission to improve these stats. The best thing that you can do in at least an audition for Berkeley, um, for other schools, it might be a little different, but for Berkeley, instead of playing something, because you have to come with a prepared song, instead of playing something that you think they'll like, play something that you like and you are like really good at. On today's episode of Academic Survival, I interview musician Blake Lee. Now, Blake's story is interesting because he started off at Bentley University, but ended up at Berkeley College of Music. Yeah, he was going down the business route and decided he'd rather be a musician. Now, during this interview, a couple of interesting things happened. So first of all, I made the, I guess maybe not so common mistake of thinking that he was at Cal Berkeley, but he was at Berkeley School of Music, like totally a different school, right? And so I ended up realizing that, man, this interview would be so much better if I actually had one of my musician friends on the line with me. And so in the course of this interview, I kind of worked that out and I invite um, Kelly Daza, who is a music teacher in Iowa. And so she ends up joining the interview at some point during the uh, conversation. Now, one of the other things that I think is a really good takeaway from this episode is when you recognize that you need help, go on ahead and get that help. Phone a friend, which is what I did. So join me now on Academic Survival with this interview of Blake Lee, assisted by Kelly Daza. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Blake. Welcome to the Academic Survival Podcast. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I was so interested in hearing your story. I learned a little bit about it. Something about starting at one school and then leaving and then going to another school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. I really want to get in. I really want to get into that. Um, but what I'd like for you to do is tell us a little bit about um, your background and then um, and then the school you started at and then how you ended up at an entirely different school. You can kind of like go through that process for us. Yeah. So out of high school, I applied to a bunch of colleges, a bunch on the East coast. I wanted to like experience all like winter and everything. And I got into Bentley university, which is in Waltham, Massachusetts. It's like 30 minutes outside of Boston. I was there for a semester and I kind of like was, didn't like it. So I applied to Berkeley College of Music, got in for the fall mm-hmm. of that next year. So I stayed one more semester at Bentley. And then that fall, I went to Berkeley, did three years there and graduated in August, a couple months ago. Oh, recent graduate. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. So what was it that you didn't like about Bentley? It's... It's not that I didn't like it. I just didn't I didn't want to do all that. I didn't want to get a degree in then in like business or accounting or something like that and then have to work like for however many years in that whole environment. Mm-hmm. It's just not not my not my style. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what was the rationale behind applying to that school to begin with? Well, I really like econ, all that, all the charts and graphs and learning about how the economy works and everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, it's going to be, it would be a great like career to have in high school. So I applied to a bunch of schools for economics and business. And that's how I ended up at Bentley. Okay. And then at some point that you realize yeah, that wasn't just, Yeah. I took a couple like econ classes my first year. A lot mm-hmm. of it there is they do all the normal college classes first. And then there's like an IT class we had to take and a 
bunch of accounting classes we had to take because the mm -hmm. school is like a huge accounting school and i really did not like the accounting it was just it was just really boring to me mm. and like wasn't interested didn't want to do that so i figured if i was if i had to do like four more years of this that would be terrible you weren't gonna finish yeah. yeah yeah probably so so what does it take to abandon one road and mm -hmm. switch to something else what was it that gave you the courage to 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 make that transition well it's it's you have to like what i learn is if you're not doing like something that you really want to do mm -hmm. there's no point in doing it mm. and even at like berkeley there would be like opportunities like gigs or recording sessions that I said yes to. And then like halfway through it, I'm like, I don't want to do this right now. Why am I, why am I doing this? So it's like, it's learning what you really want to do mm -hmm. and just sticking to that, like not having, not doing something because you think it's right. 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 And I would imagine, um, you know, don't let me put words in your mouth, but I would imagine doing like going down the wrong path and then switching to something else that like being able to compare the two probably made made it feel um, like once you made that that transition, like, oh, this this is a much better fit. Oh, yeah. Way, way better. Like the first like couple weeks at Berkeley going to all the classes just the people there, it was way more um, my speed than wow. all the business-minded people just, ooh. <laughs> it was really like a, what is that, a left brain, right brain switch you did there. Oh, yeah. It's a complete, like, 180. <laughs> yeah. So then tell me now, when you when you got to Berkeley and now you're, like, what was, what was the major? What was your major at Berkeley? Uh, my major was jazz composition. So, ooh. yeah, so... At Berkeley, jazz composition is kind of two parts. Um, it's learning how to write your own music using like theories and techniques from jazz throughout like the 20s to now. Okay. Um, and then the second part is what like most of your work is done is writing stuff for either small bands or big bands. And I did a lot of big band writing. So that's, what is it, five? So it's like 14 or 15 horns and then a rhythm section. So it's a group of 20 people. Wow. Writing out music for each and every one of them. Wow. That's like, that's way more, that's way more sophisticated than garage band, right? Oh, garage yeah. band. <laughs> like, <laughs> where you pick okay i want i want the sax to come in here yeah yeah exactly wow, that's, that's fantastic so are you working mm -hmm. on anything right now i am well since i've moved to new york i've done a lot more playing than writing mm. um just because the just how it works over here kind of is everybody plays mm. all the time and then you kind of get into writing uh awesome. yeah Okay. Wow. That is a big jump. So you did a lot of coast to coast jumping then. Well, I've been in, I've been in like the Northeast for four or five years. Okay. So it was Boston, then New York these last couple of months. Okay. All right. So normally I like to find out, like, tell me about your first day of school, like being dropped mm -hmm. off or uh, like, did you have that? Ex <laughs> did you have that experience? Yeah. So I think, I think it was both times. Yeah. Both first days at each school, it was me and my mom at Bentley. We brought all of our stuff into the dorms and what was it? I think it was, it was either the football team or the rugby team was like helping everybody carry all their stuff <laughs> in. <laughs> it was really cool. Um, I met my roommate there like for the first time. This is a random roommate selection. Okay. Um, at Berkeley, we, I knew my roommate beforehand. He was a, a mutual friend of somebody. Mm -hmm. And we had met in LA over the summer. 
and hung out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think I moved in before him. Uh, so he wasn't there, but just there wasn't that much stuff to bring up at Berkeley. It was just like my keyboard and bed sheets and clothes. And okay. like, that's about it. I just, I, I have a, I have an ignorant question to ask you. So okay. um, when you say Berkeley, I'm, I'm assuming Cal, but are we talking about Cal Berkeley? Or are we talking? No, about- no. It's, okay. <laughs> there's a second Berkeley. Yeah. yeah it's a different Berkeley. Um, it's in Boston. Okay. It's Berkeley College of Music. Got it. Got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's why I was asking about the whole like. Yeah. Jumping like, yeah, you're back doing and forth. Like, yeah. From coast no, to coast. No, no, and then no. like in New York. And I'm like, you know what? I'm <laughs> what? connecting some dots here. And I don't think he's talking about Cal <laughs> Yeah. Wrong. Different okay. Berkeley. Gets okay, mixed so up Berkeley all school. the time. So then this is strictly then a music school. Yeah. It is a college of music. So you oh, can wow. only do. Everyone's a musician. Everyone does music stuff there. So is there an audition involved? Yes. After Christmas break, um, like going 2018 to 2019, that was when Mm -hmm. I was still at Bentley. I practiced a lot. (laughs) And when I came back to Boston for my next semester, I made the trip into Boston to go to Berkeley's campus Mm -hmm. and do a live audition there with some of the professors and heads of faculty. So this is so you are the first musician that I have oh, interviewed. Really? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're the first musician so that, that I've interviewed. So I have some tone, like I have got yeah. some like questions that are like choo 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 pop into my head. Okay, so when you um, so what 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 musical instrument are we are you playing? So I auditioned on piano, mm-hmm. and then was it second semester at Berkeley? Um, I started taking Hammond organ lessons from uh, a guy who just started teaching there at my second semester. And it was like fantastic. It was so much fun. Wow. So what what made you want to pursue music? Um, I've been, so in f- like fourth grade, my teacher did a, a like an art night. Everybody brought in art or did poetry or like played instruments. And my good friend, plays piano he's been playing forever so he played piano at that like art um gallery i guess Mm -hmm. and i said i i need to learn piano now so i got a teacher and i've been taking lessons ever since pretty much wow yeah yeah so when i was um when i was growing up i i played the violin and um, I was pretty good at it. I don't know why I ever, well, actually I do know why I stopped, but I, when I say pretty good, meaning like first chair, second chair, like I was yeah. really, yeah. Um, but I gave it up, but one of my close friends continued to pursue it. And mm-hmm. so she ended up, um, I don't know if you remember this, there was a show back in the day called fame <laughs> and okay. it was, a, it was about, uh, it was a performing arts school. And so, oh, nice. um, and so my friend loved that show and it, that inspired her. She wanted to audition for LA school of the performing arts. So that's where she ended yeah, up going, yeah. to, going to high school. And then, um, and she pursued music. So she plays a cello. So she's done, oh, nice. uh, yeah, she's done a lot of like really, really um, amazing things with that. And right now she actually teaches yeah. at, 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 um, she's in Iowa and she teaches, uh, elementary, well, oh. actually elementary school, junior, high. I'm not sure what's, I'm not sure what grade she teaches, but she travels from school to school teaching music. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, um, that, that's, uh, that, that's really cool. It's, it's one of those, um, to me, it sounds like one of those, one of those professions where you really get to just have fun. You know, I can yeah, totally it's, see. <laughs> it's so much fun. Just, especially this last summer, actually doing like recording sessions for people. Um, my friend did the, this whole blues album or three actually, mm-hmm. but he got me to play on it. And our, like my core group of friends, like we were all the rhythm section. Uh-huh. And even though we were working like 8 PM to 2 AM in the studio, it was just like, we were having a blast the whole time. Right. It was amazing. That's cool. Well, so what advice would you give to, um, a college freshman who is mm-hmm. trying to go down this musical musician path that you're that you've taken. What advice would you give a freshman? A freshman, 
Yes. I would say learn like what is worth your time. I know a lot of people will just say yes to everything. One of my best friends at Berkeley, he's still in school right now. Mm -hmm. um, this last semester, he just said yes to everything. And he was, he had days or like spans of weeks where every single day it was 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. Just either in school, rehearsing, recording, teaching. And he just got so burnt out. And he's, I, he was just like, I hate all this. Why am I, why am I exhausting mm. myself like this? So it's, it's like finding what you really like to do, finding other people who really like to do it mm -hmm. too. And like terms of style or whatever, like musical choice you want to make and just doing that thing with them. Hmm. So finding, finding your yes, what's your, yeah, what's your exactly. yes? What are the things that you would normally say yes to? Things that I would say yes to. Mm -hmm. I really like, I, I really liked helping people with their scores. So not everybody is doing a composition major at Berkeley, but they still have to learn how to read and write music. Um, so a lot of my friends and other people would come to me and be like, can you help me? can you look over this and tell me like what's wrong with this score? I have to bring it into class tomorrow and we have to play it. And I would look over it and be like, Oh, you got to move this here. This is illegible. Like you can fix it this way. Um, you like, you don't write drums like that. It's <laughs> very confusing. Um, and I really like doing that for people. That was very fun helping people with, with fixing up their music. It's like proofreading. Yeah, it's literally proofreading, but with like notes on a on a score. Yeah, proofreading a score. Like when you said um, illegible, I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize that that was a, a term that we used for music composition. Oh yeah, it is. Some <laughs> people write things in the worst possible way. And it's like, how do you expect someone to read that? Wow. It's, yeah. I like doing that. And then I also found out I was really good at, um, and I really liked rehearsing bands. So a lot of the time people would be doing a show or something and they get a band together. You book a rehearsal room. They have these rooms at Berkeley where there's like pianos and like a drum set and a bunch of amps that you can go in and practice for a couple hours. Do they put you in a whisper room? Yeah, it's like padded walls and mm -hmm. so you can't hear everything else. And a lot of the times people just aren't very focused in the rehearsal and it doesn't really go anywhere and it's frustrating. But I really liked coming in with my score and all my parts printed. Everyone had already got the parts beforehand and just having a super efficient rehearsal and getting through everything. It was, that's like the best feeling in the world when it all mm. comes together really easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is, are you still, are you still doing, the, doing that type of work? Uh, not right now. Right now I'm working to make rent in New York. <laughs> oh no. Um, does, does that mean you're saying yes to everything? <laughs> no, I, right now I'm doing, um, I got a, I have a bartending job and I'm slowly getting into the music stuff. There's, we have a, a live jazz night every night with a, bunch of musicians from around New York come in and play mm -hmm. and hang out. And I've been playing with them and meeting with them and just talking about music and making the connections. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm working a semi-normal job in between that. All right. So um, I, you were able to talk a little bit about the audition, but what advice would you give for someone who was going to have to um, audition for to audition to, mm -hmm. yeah this is i've talked to my friends about this about auditioning because he actually helps people with their auditions beforehand the best thing that you can do in at least a audition for berkeley um, for other schools it might be a little different but for berkeley um instead of playing something because you have to come with a prepared song okay instead of playing something 
that you think they'll like, play something that you like and you are like really good at. Mm. So even though it's a, a jazz school, if you're a blues guitarist, come in and play a, like rip on a blues and they'll love it. They love mm. having people who are really good at what they do and are really invested in what they do instead of trying to um instead of trying to make themselves seem like something they're not. Mm, yes, yes. That that's that's a good lesson all the way mm. around. That's a good lesson yeah. all the way around. It's like just mm. it sounds like what you're saying is you've got to be authentic. Yeah, exactly. It's not you can't like make stuff up. Yeah. to impress people. So, what did you learn the most about yourself in the experience of being at one school and and, and going to another, and then just all together being in the in, at the Berkeley School of Music? What have you learned about yourself? I've learned the thing that I've have been talking about is um, finding what you like, what you like actually like, and sticking to it. That's been a huge thing for me just overall and I guess something at Berkeley that I learned specifically especially in my major is you have to get work done the second it's assigned Hmm. so um tell me more about that yeah so not procrastinating on stuff um is huge when you're writing um like 20 page scores for 20 people. So my last year or my last semester in our final jazz composition class, they had the whole semester is writing a 10 minute piece for a large ensemble, Mm -hmm. which is a ton of music. It is, it's insane how much music it is. People do not write that for fun. (laughs) So you said 10 minutes. Yeah, at least 10 minutes long. Okay. Um for like a 10 to 20 person band. 10 minutes, 10 10 to 20 people and is that about is that a 20 will that end up being 20 pages? I uh do I have it with me? It's somewhere over here. I have a I have the score okay. for it and it's at least 20 pages long. Um, It's just this giant sheet of paper and just flipping through it. Um, It's like a term paper, musically. Yeah, literally. Um, But the way they go about it throughout the semester is, at least my professor did this, every week you have to show what you've worked on over the Mm. week. Um, So people don't fall behind and write like, something they didn't want to write the night before. Right. Cause that's got to um, look like garbage, right? 20 pages yeah. <laughs> just in one night. It's got to. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely terrible. But that really helped me learn to just do things as soon as possible. Like if you have the free time after your class and you just got homework and it's going to take you like an hour, just do it instead mm. of waiting until the night before it's due. Cause I had so many friends and like me included sometimes where it'll be like a Sunday night Mm -hmm. and you have six hours of work to do for the week. And that's just, it's not fun and it's not like healthy, I guess. So I have a question. I, I know that like for me, when I get started earlier rather than later, um, it gives me an opportunity to have aha moments when I'm not in the moment yeah. and then that I, that I don't afford myself the opportunity to have if I try to cram everything into the, just one, one overnight session. Does the same thing yeah. happen musically? Exactly. Yeah. There's been so many times when I'm writing a piece and I've like, I've written parts of it beforehand, like a week ago mm-hmm. and I go back and I look and I think like, I think to myself, what were you thinking with these notes? What are you what are you doing here and fixing it and rereading it and proofreading it and just making it the more time you spend on it, just the better it'll be to yeah. like a certain point. 
Do you also find that you end up with with clarity, but when you're not actually writing it, do you don't know what I mean? Like, yeah, do you yeah, ever yeah. like figure things out when you're when you actually step away? Yeah, that's a huge part of working on a giant project is actually taking a break and not like actively think about it, mm -hmm. but I guess like passively think about it. Um, and you get ideas yes. for other parts or like how to expand something when you're not sitting in front of the computer screen with all yes. like the score in front of you. Yep. Yep. Okay. So that's, that's interesting is to know that that happens musically as well. Cause for me, oh, yeah. it's like, I have the best ideas in the shower. It's like, Oh, <laughs> I know how to, I, I can fix that. I can add that. And, and yeah, so that ends up being a really good, you know, that's a really good reason why not to procrastinate. Cause you can, you can really, um, have the time to really develop something. Um, yeah. It shows yeah. if you do it. Well, it, it, yeah, you just end up with a better product. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Me and all of my friends have many voice memos of us walking down the street, singing something <laughs> into our phone that we thought of to use for later. It's <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank God for the, um, for the smartphones, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the, the voice memos to the voice notes and yeah. yes, texting yourself. <laughs> yeah. Texting yourself. Yeah. The metronomes on the phone, the tuner on the phone. It's so helpful. <laughs> So is there such a thing as studying when you're in, in a music school? Like, like, yeah. is there a library to go to to study? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we have like a really extensive library, actually. I should have used it a lot more than I did. But I guess, yeah, our library is a little different. There's a whole like listening room hmm. where they have a catalog of endless CDs of everything. And you can listen to whatever you want. I think mm -hmm. you can even, um, er, I, yeah, you can rent them out, full albums, and study the album. They have walls of scores and sheet music and walls of biographies, everything else, magazines. Um, it's incredible. The Library of Berkeley is really extensive and really cool. Man, you... You've said a couple things that makes me wish that I had invited my <laughs> my musician friend to join mm -hmm. <laughs> to join yeah. this session, and she could really like ask you some questions that I, that I'm just not even going to think of. So excuse <laughs> so excuse my ignorance. Well, did you have a favorite place to study? To study, um, I spent I spent some time in the library looking at things most of the time it was just at my desk because a lot of the resources that we had for class were online mm -hmm. um so i'd either i just look on my computer and look at it that way or if i really like needed it i would print it out and have it at my desk in my room to take notes on it and everything okay Tell me what musically are you working on now? Musically, right now, I'm working on getting better at playing because I was never like a very, I was never really big into playing. I was always about writing. So I'm working on that. Mm -hmm. I have my keyboard right here. Just being able to, I guess this is kind of studying, like music studying is uh -huh. learning jazz tunes. Um, committing them to memory, committing the chord changes to memory, mm -hmm. learning how to solo over different things. All of that stuff, I guess, is is studying, but for musicians. Okay. Um, I've also been slowly working on a big band piece, <laughs> but right now I don't have a ton of time for that. Okay. This is amazing. I'm serious because it's a part of something that for me anyway, I feel like I, I let go of and yeah. then, and then I just go back and I'm like, man, I wonder, I wonder if I would have continued. Like I always wanted to play the organ. Yeah. And my mom bought a piano. 
and <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not the same. And it's um, very not. yeah, and so um, and I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. And I think primarily mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it because because I didn't really care for the music that I yeah. I had to play. And so then at the time I bought music that was way too complicated for me to ever, <laughs> ever play, yeah. but it was the music that I liked. And so I yeah, bought, weird. I bought a book and it was Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like his human nature album. Okay. And, um, I couldn't read any of it, <laughs> but <laughs> I tried, yeah. I tried, I tried so hard, but like mm-hmm. I said, I could not read any of it. Um, so I have been told that, um, that my friend will be available. Oh, nice. Yeah. So now Kelly joins the conversation. Hey, Kelly. Hi. How are you? Good, good. So first of all, you're on speakerphone. Okay. I have Blake, who I am interviewing for my podcast. And I immediately thought of you because he is a graduate of the Berkeley School of Music. Are you familiar with that school? Yes. (laughs) Is that a ridiculous question for me to ask you? (laughs) A little bit, but that's all right. (laughs) So I'm a little sad that you might not be familiar. <laughs> well, look, look, let me tell you how bad it was. At some point, I realized that he was not talking about Berkeley, like Cal Berkeley <laughs> and their music oh. department. I know it's like really sad. I sounded really ignorant. I was like, I got an ignorant question to ask you. Um, <laughs> it sounds like you're not talking about Cal. And he's like, no, <laughs> no, not not the same. But- I mean, you know, he came by it honestly. Yeah. So, um, because I don't have a music background, I was just like, I'm going to phone a friend and see what else that I should be asking him. Because if anyone's listening to this with a music background, and if it's a student who's pursuing music, they're probably thinking, man, she's not asking any of the right questions. So what questions would you ask? Well, I think I would want to know, of course, what his instrument is. You know, voice instrument, otherwise, um, like what his what his major would be, because it could be composition, it could be uh, performance, it could be education, it could be to continue. Okay. You know, and go on to a a graduate degree and like you know teach at the collegiate level. Could be conductor. So I want to know like where he saw himself in the future that inspired the change. Okay. Did you hear that, Blake? Mm-hmm. I've been eyeing graduate school. Um, I've been thinking about, or I want to look into Manhattan School of Music because they have a really good jazz composition um, department. I did. I graduated with a degree in jazz composition. Amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. He was telling me um, about like twenty-page scores and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, what, wait, what's your what instrument is your major? I I auditioned on piano, but I ended up switching to Hammond organ. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Love the Hammond. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's it's it can be a workout sometimes, but <laughs> it's it's great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I want to start looking into Manhattan School of Music uh, for the future. That's the o- uh, that is the only school that I auditioned for in high school. I'm a jazz cellist. Uh, oh, really? It's the only school I it's the only school I auditioned for and got in, but could not afford to live there because there's there were no dorms. The yeah, there, that's the thing. Many moons ago, do they have dorms now? I like barely. I, my friend went there and she is, I don't think she's living in dorms right now. Um, there, yeah, it's yeah. hard to live I there. A, and where did you, where did you grow up? I'm from Long Beach, California. Uh, me too, me too. Yeah. <laughs> then where did you go to high school? I went to Poly. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. I did, um, I did choir there and i also did band there my senior year 
Did they have a jazz band at Poly? Yeah, it's a it's a huge part of their music program. See, that's that's very interesting because Chandra and I grew up in Long Beach. We went to Paramount mm-hmm. well, initially, but okay. I ended up transferring and going to the high school for the arts yeah. on Cal State LA's campus. Yeah. Um, because we did not have the jazz program mm-hmm. at Paramount, clearly. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. I was a, I, I didn't I, I thought I was a classical cellist at that time anyway. So I didn't yeah. know that was the draw. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. Very cool. I have one of my friends at Berkeley is also a jazz cellist and he's just incredible. It's yeah. It's they're very few and far between, but they're always fantastic. Well, I don't see why they are few and far between other than the fact that it's a difficult process because you know how the easiest path is usually emulating other soloists, which I did. I took like yeah. all the, I took all the like Chick Corea oh, wow. parts and, and tried to learn them. But you know, uh, the facility is so different on the instrument. Yeah. That, it's... It, you know, it was easier for me to take, there were more violin, jazz violin uh-huh. parts that I could more emulate. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's hard to like grow your, your bag of tricks yeah. you know, without having many models. Yeah, exactly. Um, so who, who are your influences? I really like, um, I love listening to Jimmy Smith for organ, McGriff for organ as well. Those are like the two big ones for piano. I really like Vince Guaraldi. And not like yeah. just the Christmas stuff. All of his other stuff is, <laughs> I think, is fantastic. Um, all the Brazilian stuff that he did is amazing. All just the straight-ahead jazz stuff is really good, too. And then I also listen to a ton of Chet Baker. Those are, like, the four. So what's the market like for jazz composition? Because, like... Still, like, no, okay, so I live in Iowa now, mm-hmm. and, like, by and large, you know, you've got the festivals that, you know, kids play at, and they still do yeah. the old standard, you know, yeah. um, you know, big band style, yeah. you know, four tunes where you have the, you know, the big opener, the freaking samba, the ballad. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, where, where? What is the market like for writing that, writing jazz music? What does that look like? There's a lot of different ways you can go. There's, I know a bunch of people right now, especially, are writing their own music and releasing it um, not through a label or anything, producing it themselves and doing their own thing. A lot of people um, also will write, like a lot of my professors have written um, different level difficulty charts that you put onto a distributor website and high schools will buy them. Um, That's another way, that's like a very lucrative thing you can do. what else? A lot of people go into writing stuff for advertisements, making music like jingles or right. background music yeah. for stuff. Uh, right. Yeah. And most of the jazz musicians that I that I think were fantastic that yeah. um, I grew up with are all in other genres now. Like one of my one person that was really a fantastic guitarist, you know, he now plays with mostly like americana kind of steel yeah steel guitar and stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah and then you know another jazz musician friend of mine he like tons of studio stuff but then ended up opening a studio in missoula montana yeah and pretty much does like jam bandy kind of stuff yeah that's um, what i've i found with a lot of my friends too or at least my like group of friends um yeah 
like freshman year we'd all go in and we'd all play tunes together and everyone takes a solo and everything but towards the end we were all just we were all just playing blues music for the last semester and and like that was what we wanted that was like way more fun than um playing tunes i still love like straight ahead jazz but it's just when everybody else wants to when everybody else really likes something it's just so much more fun to just do that one thing especially if you like it too instead of forcing everybody to just play normal jazz (laughs) right and that's a that's a thing that you you know that you think about is that as musicians we choose to do this because it's a communal sort of process yeah exactly and the more (laughs) the more like into jazz or you know on the other side contemporary or like prepared mm-hmm. piano pieces and things yeah, like yeah. that it becomes more of an isolated process you know yeah a little bit yeah where yeah you kind of have to find that middle ground where you can mm-hmm. commune with each other yeah uh where where so you're thinking of going to manhattan have yeah. you ever thought like i have um a student of mine who's now at columbia in uh-huh. chicago uh-huh. And they have a fantastic community of yeah. like jazz musicians that really they get to put, they play around town constantly, uh-huh. like constant like. And there's a, a school in um oh I don't know why my brain is failing me in Memphis maybe. Oh really? Um, um I don't know what school um, it is, or is it? Um, I'm not am sure. I, am I not thinking of this right? Maybe not Memphis. Oh, it's in the South where they, where there's tons of studios. Yeah. And their, their students get tons and tons of studio time. Yeah. I think, um, the univ, uh, well, Vanderbilt, um, yeah. The the head of the their jazz band there is like good friends with one of my professors. Um, I got to send them one of my scores one time. It was really cool. They get a ton of studio time down there for the big band. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking of Belmont. Where's Belmont? Oh, Belmont. I'm not sure. In in Nashville. Ah. In Nashville, they have a great jazz studies program as well, and they have so much like work. Kids, the kids, yeah, work yeah, yeah, a ton. Transitioning from the one school that you're at to the school you ended up mm. at, and just basically going from math to music, do you find that there's a, a mathematical way of um, understanding music? Oh yeah, I think it's it's not the same, but it's very. It like works at least for me. It works in a similar like part of my brain, especially like writing a like a big band chart in the style of like Count Basie or Neil Hefty or something, and doing all the the voicings. It's just like to me, it's the same as like just doing math. It's very there's like a way to do it, and it's a proven thing that'll sound like that era. And it's just, it all just kind of like works, works out. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Kill? Yeah. I think that, that music is the auditory representation of math. Mm. It's like math in life, the way Mm -hmm. that you can express math in a way that people can experience and hear. It's like how, you know, Beethoven was deaf in his late years, but the math is always going to sound correct. The, the the chord progressions, yeah, the all of the voicings. Like he didn't need to hear what he was writing down. He knew how it would mm-hmm. sound because of exactly. the math. Yeah, like a lot and of the ca- you, like you know, like if I have my string, 
if I cut my string directly in half, like into portions, it plays an exact octave higher than, you know, the string, the fundamental pitch of the string. I cut it into thirds, then it plays a fifth higher. And then I cut it, if you cut it mathematically into, into true portions, and you have to get the portions correct, it literally, you hear the sound of it doubling and then you hear the sound. So yeah, it's like math and math and music are, I think of them as like essential partners and people who cannot visualize math, I think struggle with music. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. But people who excel in math are going to inherently have the ability at least to understand music and like when you, you know, express that, you know, what 440 beats per minute looks like in a, in a wave, in a sound wave, yeah. that if you double it or if you cut it in half, that you're going to express the same tone, but in a, di- a different octave or the same pitch, but in a di- yeah. different octave, like that's something that mathematicians will go, oh, that totally makes sense. And then they can do some like fundamentally more difficult things because they understand the math of how the instrument produces sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, oh, what did we, in the, in the Bay Area when they were first coming out with synthesizers, it was all just like mathematicians and like computer people creating these synths and just using math to make music. Um, it, like being able to create different sounds by plugging in or by changing the frequency by however many decibels or clicks or whatever. It was, it was very what cool. Me, what fascinates me about that is that in the way that I have perfect pitch and I can hear an A, in nature and know that that's an A, that kids mm-hmm. these days, probably including you, can hear like a sound wave that's been inverted or it's been reversed and they know, oh, that's this, that's this oh, yeah, yeah. sound inverted. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's a language I do not speak. It's fascinating <laughs> to me that your generation can hear that in a sample yeah. Go, oh yeah, that's that inverted, reversed, you know, mm-hmm. drawn out or something that I'm like, yeah, that didn't exist in the nineties. So. <laughs> so based on based on what you're saying, that there's um there's some um mad scientist that perhaps if you write the perfect score, you can figure out how to send you can figure out how to send someone to the moon musically. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. And world peace, uh-huh. all, all the things. Uh, okay, Kel, well, thank you so much for joining on the spot. Yeah, thank you. Spontaneous, because like he was over here. Um, I, I knew enough to know. I knew <laughs> enough to know that I wasn't asking the best questions because of my because of my lack of music background and then um and i'm getting the sense i'm like um i could possibly have a um um like some music genius over here and i'm not even <laughs> i'm not even recognizing it <laughs> and then like you're you're like saying oh wow that's fantastic oh i'm oh wow that's awesome and i'm like i i, I missed it i missed the opportunities to say like wow blake that's great <laughs> so Wait, can, I, can i say what uh, let me say one thing that blake will appreciate okay that is in the same vein is that my, I have I had a student that I was teaching music theory to when he was about eight, and mm-hmm. I was trying to teach him interval training, like listening, yeah. you know, um, ear training, and I was just trying mm-hmm. to teach him what a second was, and so I played <laughs> a C and then a D, and uh-huh. he wasn't watching the notes I was playing. I I knew he had perfect pitch when I started with him, but yeah. I played a C and a D, and he said it was a C nine. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and I, I couldn't even that explain is... to his his guitar teacher because his guitar teacher 
didn't really even understand nine chords. Yeah. So, so like I was trying to explain to his mom the giftedness that her child had by explaining, like, yeah, that's wild. She didn't have the vocabulary to say that a C and a D together would be a simplified C nine. And literally, I'm like, there's not even a college you could go to here. Yeah. In Iowa, that could. You know, he was eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, um, <laughs> that's bananas. Anyway, sorry, that was my injection and then not knowing what you're what you're dealing with. Absolutely. So this has been quite an experience. Thank you again. If the two of you want to get in touch with one another, because maybe there's something musically that you should be exploring, then Mm -hmm. uh, let me know separately. And then I can make sure that you guys can get connected. Well, again, thank you so much for joining Academic Survival. I wish you the best. What do you you you. aspire to do? Like, what is your dream job? (sighs) There's... Maybe two things that I'd really love to do in the future. Mm-hmm. One is to be able to just write for my own big band and have them perform on like a weekly like residency somewhere. That would be mm-hmm. awesome. Okay. Um, something else I would really like to do is to teach like jazz composition or arranging or something at a, at a high level, which would be really cool. Okay. Did really you get a, at a high level? Does that, is that, does that mean at like a university level? Like or? A, yeah. Like a university or something would be super cool. Oh, awesome. Or like people who are really interested in doing it. Like someone who knows what a C9 is or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining me on Academic Survival. I wish you the best. And thank you so much for bringing your, your musical background and conversation to this episode. Awesome. Thank you for having me. That's it for today on Academic Survival. If you want to share your story on how you survived your freshman year of college, you can reach me at info at chandralmcdonald.com. We'll be back next week with more ways to survive your academic journey. Until then, happy studying.